Kuna. This is VeteransCast.com. Welcome to our third episode. Episodes uh, one and two kind of setting the stage for what uh, what we're doing here. For all the veterans out there, all those memories, all those things that we need uh, to keep alive when maybe we're not. So uh, I welcome you to, like I said, episode number three. In episode one, we had uh, our buddy CBK, one of the men who I served with in the Navy, and he's here with us again as well. Say, CBK, how you doing? Always a pleasure, Tim Kuda. Thanks so much for your time, sir. VeteransCast.com. Like I said, episode three. So this this uh, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about boot camp. And uh, I introduced uh, my boot camp experience right when I first got there. But now boot camp, is, everybody has boot camp stories. If you were in the military, you have a boot camp story, or two or ten maybe, possibly. And I know like a lot of people have seen the movie Full Metal Jacket. And I think there's another movie called Jarheads or something like that, which has a which has a boot camp scene. But the most famous one is the the Full Metal Jacket one. And in fact, uh, half I don't know if it's half, but pretty close to half the movie is boot camp. And oh yeah, it, it's uh, it's one of those where everybody's got a boot camp story. And and there was some truth if you saw that movie. Uh, that was back in the Vietnam era, back in the '60s. So they could do things a little bit differently then, but. There was some truth if, if I've heard people say that um, if you were a Marine, that that was real. That a lot of that stuff, and, and obviously uh, the guy uh, who played the drill sergeant, uh, Lee something, uh, names escaped me at the moment, he just, he just went beyond. Yeah, we, uh, we, did, we did a segment on him or something with the CBK show, I think. Yeah, so, so he... Uh, he was a former drill sergeant, so he nailed it. He was just from. I actually just read this. He was there as a consultant, not as an actor. But then they couldn't get anybody to really play the part, the you know, in, in true fashion. So he says, "I'll just do it." And there you go. He became a he became an actor. So uh, right, right. Military. He was military. also he, he, him being a voice. I mean, a voice. Him being a military guy also voiced the soldiers in the Toy Story series too. I think for a couple of plays. No, I think you are correct. He did do that. He was the voice of the of the soldiers. So, come on, I mean, he come did, on, come on, soldiers, get yourself together. You know, whatever that is. Right. He did a lot of. He did a couple other movies too. So, um, yeah, playing the military guy or the mean guy or whatever. But so we all have boot camp stories. CBK, I'm going to start with you. Now I oh, know yeah, yeah. you went to Great Lakes. So did I. I know you have to have. Yeah. I, I know you talk about your memory sometimes. Like, ah, oh, I don't remember. You gotta remember. I mean, boot camp. I have a good memory. Boot camp was one of those things you just you don't forget. I mean, there was. Come on, you, <laughs> give me give me a couple boot camp stories, CBK. At least one. Let's start out well, with one. We'll we'll go back and forth. Why don't you give me a, a boot well, camp before, story? Before I even start, Tim Kuda, thanks so much for having me again. Um, I did listen to episode two of your end of the MEPS delayed entry thing. So, and I, there were, it was, thanks for saying my name, which is nice, even though I wasn't in that episode. But you're like, CBK did this, and he said this. So I was really grateful. But I was laughing. There's a couple points that you said that cracked me up, and it was pretty cool. So good job on the episode two. Better. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, now you're here. You're back with us, <laughs> episode three. I need a boot camp story. Come on, you got to find, it's got to be in that big noggin oh. here somewhere. Uh, well, I guess me being a Cali kid, you know, sun bleached blonde hair. I was lifeguarding on the beach, swimming kid, whatever. Anyway, uh, so I would have 
never ever imagined that I would have gone to the Midwest, man, Chicago, man, crazy. That place is nuts down there. Um, so that was a shock for me. I think that even leaving like the airplane flying into Chicago, whole nother world for me. I mean, I was, I've always kind of been anti East coast, maybe anti Midwest. I'm not sure. I've never said that, but, um, so it was new, new and scary. Um, boot camp. I, the very beginning, like you said in the last episode, and I told you in, in the first one, it scared the crap out of me. And I'd gone through a reserve police academy prior, so I was—I thought I was ready. I kind of was, but I—I I remember the first. Well, besides the heavy rain and walking in those black jackets to get our paychecks at some point, um, I remember that. That was weird. But the night we got in the barracks, and you went into some pretty good details about how your drill instructor was so mellow and cool, and then. Yeah, you'd also said something about uh, some are meaner than snakes and some are maybe a very small percentage are nicer than sweet peas or something. And I guess you had a nice guy because I don't remember mine being so nice. Um, I think he got nicer toward the end when we were almost ready to graduate, I think. But, but that first night, I remember somehow, I don't remember getting on the bus and unloading into the thing with a gate or whatever, but... Somehow we got in the barracks at some point and uh, I lay down or put my bedding together or whatever we did and put some clothes somewhere. I don't even remember what we were wearing. I think you said we were wearing the, the PT sweats or something. So they, they knew the new recruits were, I kind of remember that in the blue Navy. Yeah. Anyway. They call us what Smurfs, so, right? Smurfs, right. Yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> I remember somehow going to bed at some point and I don't remember the banging of the trash can thing, but here's what I think I remember after they might've yelled at us or told us to get our lives together in two seconds and fell asleep. I could swear to the Holy God that, uh, I laid my head down and I mean, boom, maybe it was an hour or two, but they woke us up yelling at us. Holy crazy. Get your, I think I went in and they're like, you better take a two minute shower, two minutes. So we're like, Oh, what, you know, you're, you're kind of asleep, maybe from anxiety and maybe it was a long night travel. Sure. But we rushed in the shower and like, you know, washing your body like a crazy person with those washcloths and then boom, you're drying and then boom, you got to get in line and, and at attention or something at the edge of your bed. So that was weird, man. That's just, there's a story for you. Well, no, that is definitely a story. I will say that. Um, yeah, like I said last episode, that didn't really happen. We did have the nice guy, one of them, and then the other guy was a newer guy. So it was like he was learning from the nice guy. Um, wow. There's a lot of it things that nice happened in, in boot camp for me. I know that. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I remember. Well, I was just going to think about, I remember doing a lot of push-ups maybe and, and running getting up early before the crack of dawn early early earlier than 5 a.m early i think and then running you know around the track or something and doing doing uh push-ups sit-ups jumping jacks those kind of you know i guess the military is trying to get you ready for battle or war or something i, I don't know 
Well, well, that's that's kind of that's kind of what this is what it's about, and uh, so I've got some some pretty good boot camp stories actually. You know, I talked about what cool. happened in the first couple of days, and then boom, the, the 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 switch flipped for me, and now it was fun. I made it fun. It was this is going to be a fun time, right? That 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 blew me away. I got to say this before you continue because you knew things. When you said, you, at this point, something hits you, bam, oh, this is what's happening. Great. That never happened for me until I think I left Chicago, honestly. You probably didn't have a very good time at boot camp then. No, it was ridiculous and weird. I mean, I survived it, and I was fine. I, I was still petrified, I think, until the last day, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you, that blew me away when you said that, oh man, this is it. I'm great. See, I wasn't even at that point yet for me. Well, we had a lot of stuff happen. And so one of the things that, so you like, I, I'm now in this mindset. So I wanted to be, take a leadership role of some sort, just because I felt like, all right, this is it. You know, now, now let's, let's get in the, be part of the program and we had, for those who were in the Navy, and obviously you were CBK, um, I don't know how, it, if it's the same, I'm sure it's similar in other services, but when you go in the Navy, um, for boot camp, they decide someone's going to be, they call them the recruit chief petty officer. And so for those who don't know, in enlisted uh, ranks, chief petty officer in the Navy is a, is a high enlisted rank. So they call it a recruit chief petty officer, and then they would have an assistant recruit chief petty officer. They call them AROC, assistant, and then RPOC. It's just it's, everybody uses acronyms. It's total military stuff. So you had an RPOC, AROC, and then you had section leaders, and then you had a guideman, you had a yeoman, you had a master at arms. So it just kind of went through your normal military lineup and, and on a micro scale in boot camp. So mm-hmm. recruit chief, petty officer, the uh, RPOC was in charge. The uh, assistant recruit chief, petty officer, the AROC was second in charge. So we had one that they decided, and they just kind of picked it at random. It, how they decided was, I remember this, you're lined up and they go, does anybody uh, have any type of military training? So like CBK, I'm surprised you didn't, rate, you didn't get picked because they would have asked, like, did you go to like a military type school or something like that, which... You had the police police academy training, but they asked that question. Like, anybody have gone through anything like this? And people raised their hand, and then they would kind of continue to weed it down. Like, anybody have actual military experience, whatnot, ROTC, JROTC, whatever it might be. And then they said, okay, you and you, you're going to be in charge, and you're going to be the one who's going to who's going to march us. So the, the RPOC was the one who called the commands. The uh, AROC were the ones who called the cadence. And boom, they picked these two guys. Well, just so it, tur- it turns out that the AROC in my uh, company was had some medical issue. So he, they were going to have to move him out of the company almost right away. So they were looking for another AROC. And I don't know if I volunteered. I must have told somebody because I, got, I think I did volunteer. I think I'll do it. And, I, you know, they liked that initiative. And I said, I'll, I'll be the AROC. And they're like, okay, you want it? You got it. So then I became the AROC, which now makes me number two in charge of this company. And remember, I'm 18 years old, barely out of high school, and bam, I'm now in charge of men. And wow. just, just, the way, Crazy, just, just the way it is. Do you remember any of that, CBK? No, absolutely not. And um, 
I can tell you just from what you're telling me, I I don't know if I had a bunch of a-holes or something riding us or people who just didn't care. I don't know. I don't remember anything of that. Nothing. Nobody trying to help you. Nobody trying to. And I wish that would have, if somebody would have told me kind of what was going on, I might have had a better experience, maybe. But I think I was just pretty much thrown into the fire. You're doing this, whether you like it or not, start eating rocks. You know, and I'm like, oh, great. Exactly. This is delicious. Yeah, exactly. So now (laughs) I'm, well, I mean, so now I am now, you know, like I said, they put me in this position. Well, in this position, so then I had to move. I was in one rack, and then I had to move to the back of the barracks because the RPOC was at the front of the barracks. The AROC was at the back of the barracks. So now I'm at the back. I'm like the last person in line. One of the things I remember very distinctly about boot camp is when I was growing up, it was hard for me to sleep. Uh, you know, I just, my mind would go, would, would race, and I would start thinking of things, and, and then I just couldn't sleep. So I used to sleep with a radio. You have the radio just to kind of you know, drown out your thoughts and drown out any ambient noise. Well, in the military, and I was in boot camp during the summer. June 12th is when, I, or June 11th or 12th is when I reported, and uh, I was there for the for the summer. So they don't have air, air conditioning in barracks. Let me tell you, there's no air conditioning. It is you know <laughs> windows. That's about it. And they have these huge sounds like PDX, man. Sounds they, like PDX. They have these huge. Uh, we'll call them hurricane fans. I mean, they're like fans that would be in a in a uh, movie set. I mean, they're huge fans to try to get air moving through yeah, these barracks. Yeah, sure, and, sure, yeah, yeah. And so, I had this fan <laughs> about two, about well, about ten feet away from me, blowing down the 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 whole line of the barracks, and that's what I had to sleep next to. <laughs> but let me tell you. Oh wow, that's crazy. But but let me tell you, CBK. That fan put me to sleep every night. There was not a night. Now, lights oh, were out. Wow. Lights were out at 10 o'clock. Lights out at 10 o'clock, and the latest you could sleep in is 530 in the morning. But most of the time, like wow. you said, CBK, you were up at any, anywhere at time between 4 in the morning and 530. You didn't get to go. The latest oh, you could go is 530, but most of the time you are up before that. But that being said, when I went to, to sleep, I slept – I, my head would hit hit the pillow, and I would never be up for more than five or five or ten minutes tops. And then, bam, I'm asleep. I, I would have, uh, I would have liked that. I would like having a fan blowing. I like air around me, even in the cold winter months. I like air. I'll put the window down in the cold snow time too, because I just like that air around me. So I would have been liking that. Well, so I got this fan, and to this day, I sleep with a fan. To this day, I still have a fan because it just wow, it, holy, it, yeah, I know. It, it just it's it made me whatever. So, got the fan, great. I I got some of the best night's sleep I ever got in my life in the military in the Navy in boot camp. You wouldn't think that, but I mean, I slept. No. I was when I my head hit the pillow. I didn't wake up until the lights went on, and uh, wow, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So. You got that. Now, you talk about exercise and, and, and what. Now, the Navy, and if anybody's listening to this, they're going to be like, yeah, the Navy. You know, I think in, in regards to ranking how, like, tough people are, like tough military people. I mean, the Marines, you know, and we're talking just the beginning. I mean, obviously, you've got special forces and stuff, but we're talking right when you walk in the door, the Marines are the, probably the toughest. And then maybe the Army yeah. and possibly the Coast Guard. 
Um, you know, they're 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 right in there. Then it's the Navy. The Coast Guard. Well, no, the Coast Guard. They're they're there. Coast Guard, Navy. Probably I put the Coast Guard before the Navy. And then the Air Force. <laughs> And I, I mean, I talked to Air Force yeah. friends of mine, and they just said, and I love to hear other stories from other people about their Air Force boot camp experience. I've heard stories, yeah, but I also did hear to a Navy or Marine, right? Right. I also did hear stories about. Um, now, when I went in, there were three different boot camps. There was Great Lakes, San Diego, and uh, uh, Orlando. Florida, right? Right. And in Orlando, they allowed the women. And I heard that there was things that happened in Orlando, like it was they called it Club Diego and Paradise Orlando, and then Great Lakes was like the real old, you know, like you said, eating rocks Navy guys. So. <laughs> That's what I heard. I mean, who knows? I didn't go to either. It doesn't matter. But the Navy is not a, a terribly difficult boot camp, maybe compared to like the Marines or maybe even the or even the Army. But you still got physical train. They called it cycled. And uh, if you did something that the company commanders did not feel or believe that was appropriate for a, a young military person, then they would cycle you. And this would consist of. One of the phrases that came out of this was called, we're going to make it rain and inside the barracks. Uh -huh. We're going to make it rain. And I don't know, CBK, you probably don't remember that, but it was that was when they decided to close. It was summertime, close all the windows, and now exercise you to the point of where there was visible moisture dripping from the ceiling. Because there was so much sweat wow. in there, so much. Oh, interesting. So that was called making it rain I, in the barracks. I might barely remember something like that. That sounds a little horrifying, but yeah. Well, that's what. So then they would, they would just a lot of things that they would do as well as they, you know, the push-ups. Yeah, you do push-ups, but they wouldn't like just have you do up, down, up, down. What they would have you do is they would have you also hold a push-up like so you would have to go down and just hold it off the ground and like don't touch the ground don't touch the ground um it's it's one of those where it's like okay you know you got to hold 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 you're burning you're burning burning and then it was like a pain it was like they were trying to to yeah. instill pain <laughs> through muscle movement or lack of thereof or holding you know positions well, I I think now, now Tim, you would equate that with planking. I think. Yeah, it's funny. It's 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 not even a plank. It's worse than a plank because you got to hold that push up. But it's similar. <laughs> you, you are you are right. It is similar. But the other thing they have you do is they have you hold like do a leg lift and hold your legs. Like, keep those legs up in the air, off the ground, and you have to hold. And you feel your abs burn. Or or yeah, or you would uh, they would make you do a push up. Then you'd have to jump up, stand up. And then come back down and go halfway and do it again kind of a thing. Absolutely. Up, down, up, down. Do this, do that. Run around. They have you march in right. circles up, down, in the barracks. So that's yeah. what's, I mean, that's some of the stuff that, that they would definitely do. And you just you had to understand what they were doing. They're trying to break you down. That's what they do in boot camp. They, and most military people know this. They want to break you down and then build you up to the military way and or whatever service they want you to learn it their way they want you to make your bed their way they want you to fold your your pants your shoes or your not your so, shoes your socks me, or whatever they want them to you to do it their let, way and they let also me stop want you for a second what was that now let me stop you for a second 
You do you think, and I'm sure this happened. I don't remember me doing it, but do you think they would try to break you down to the point as you're crying, you're in tears, you can't take it anymore? Do you think some of those Navy recruits or, or military recruits had it so bad that they could not physically take it anymore that they would be sent away from the Navy? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had, and I was going to get into that, we did have a person try to commit commit suicide. They tried to overdose. Whoa. They tried to overdose on pain medication. So we had that happen. And now he did not die, but one morning it was time to get up, and he wouldn't get up. And the company commander comes running in and tries to shake him and try to get him up. They end up calling the ambulance. And then, see, here's Whoa. the thing. Go ahead, CBK. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. So here's the thing about that is, is <laughs> if you want to get out of the military, you can't get out in boot camp. They want to break you down. They're trying to break you down. They're trying to see if you're going to quit, trying to see if you're going to run for the hills. But you can't quit in boot camp <laughs> because you could, you could get through – you're six to eight weeks of boot camp, whatever it is, whatever service you are. Usually they give you some time off. Go and smoke a joint. Just go and do something like that. And, bam, when you come back and they drug test you, you'll leave the Navy. And they'll, they'll get you out real quick. Oh, but if you try to do it in boot okay. camp, you're just going to be there. It's like prison. You're going to be there forever. Uh, Unless, of course, you physically maybe hurt yourself, break your legs, or something physically happens to you that you can't march. Well, you can't do a push-up or something, right? Well, right. If you get injured in the course of boot camp due to whatever, yeah, that might have you medically disqualified, Delayed. and then they might give you a medical discharge. But it's still going to take months. Okay. You know, it's one of those where they, they yeah. keep you. If, you're, if you've got psychological issues or whatever, and they find them in the Navy in the boot camp, you're, they're going to still keep you for a long time. They're not going to let you leave. They will eventually. Interesting. They will eventually let you leave. But it's going to be a while. So, <laughs> so it's almost better just to go through with it and then do something when you go on leave to get the heck out of there. So we had this guy come and try to commit suicide. He didn't, it didn't happen. I don't even know what happened afterwards because then they take him out and you never see him again. I do know he lived. He did not wow. die. He was not dead when the, when the, wow. uh, when the paramedics showed up. But they let him. Yeah, so who knows what happened to that guy. But that's the type of stuff, you know. And I mean, we talk about, like, them teaching us – teaching you how to fold kind of an interesting story so i made i alluded to this last episode about how we had the nice company commander we did and one of the things that you had to do is they would give you your clothes so they would measure you for you know whatever your your waist was your inseam all that crap and then they would give you your clothes and back you know they give you your, your dress uniforms your dungarees, whatever it might be, you had to stencil them. You had to get a little little card that they had had made for you, and you had to take a stencil pencil of black and do a military stencil to put your name on all of your stuff because that's right. how you got your clothes back, through the laundry. <laughs> so, right. So you had to do all that stuff. And and uh, so <laughs> so you're, you're stenciling. Now, the after they stencil or after you stencil your your clothes the company commander is like you need to make sure you have these washed because what happens is is that once after a week or so 
they, they, your company goes in competition with all the other companies that are getting ready to, uh, or on the same time frame as you, that are going to graduate around the same time you are. And they, they, you're, you're in competition. So all your inspections, all your marching, all this or that, you get judged and you get graded. And then you're given a score and then the companies are kind of, kind of competing against one another. Well, before you could go into competition, you had to have, um, you had to get all your stuff. And you could not take a brand new shirt and leave it folded as like crisp as it could be and put that in competition. They would know that. They required it to go through the wash, so you had to fold it. And so the, the, the company commander is telling us, you got to do this. You guys got to do this, okay? So everyone's like, yes, sir, yes, sir, or whatever. So we go through yes, all the stenciling. Yes, and then... What happens is now, before you can go into that competition, you had to uh, get inspected. It was like a it was like a test inspection where they would come through and say, "All right, you guys are you're ready for competition. You're ready to go." So we do that, and we're all in, you know you they give you the inspection stuff. They they tell you you got to fold this. You got to you got to make your bed, or you know one side makes their bed, one side does the folding of the of the whatever, and then you do it, and then Everybody leaves the room. They give you a time limit. You got like 20 minutes to do this, and then boom, you're out. Then the inspector comes through and checks and sees how everybody did it. Well, we're, our whole company is in this room for like an, like two hours. We're in like this break room, Whoa. and we're all like wondering what's going on. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, because we had that nice company commander, half of the company did not send their skivvies their their uh their underwear and undershirts and they did not send them through the wash so when the inspector came in and he saw that they did not go through the wash and it wasn't just one it was half of the company they fired the company commander they fired him because he they said that he wasn't doing the job they sent him away they they decided too nice to you really exactly because he was being too nice they sent him away. No. And then they brought in the hammer. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so you go from crazy. one extreme to now the other, where they bring in a guy who was not a company commander. I mean, he was a company commander, but he wasn't. Uh, he did not have a company because he had sent too many people to the hospital. Now they never touch you. What? It's, they never touch you, but they can cycle Liar. you to the point of exhaustion. Where they where you end up going to the hospital. So he had had numerous complaints against him. So they put him on the shelf for a little while, and they brought him off the shelf for our company. Yeah. So you go from you go from having a nice you go from having the nice company commander to now having a real hard nose, whatever you want to call it. So so my life, our life as a company changed on that day. It ended up being now. Holy crazy! Things are crazy. So it brings me to, I mean, there were, I mean, there was other stories through boot camp. I mean, there, there's a couple crazy stuff. So one of the things that happened was another thing that you would do is with you get all brand new clothes, and so we're, they had these things in in most of the clothes were inspected buys. You know, you would be inspected by number three or whatever. You know, they're little tags that are in your pockets. And so they, you were required to get those tags out because the inspectors looked for those tags. Now, I mean, I'm not even like, cause 
I'm talking the Navy inspectors would look for those little inspected by tags because they wanted those off of right. your person. They were called commie sure. tags because back in the because uh, uh, yeah. back in the that day it was still Cold War even though it ended. They were you know the communists. So they called them commie tags, commie tags, and they would be like, "You got to get rid of all the commie tags. You can't have any commie tags, you know, with you because those are bad. Make sure there's none on." So they would, I mean, it was so, it was so important that even the company commanders would go around and they would check the pockets to make sure that those things were out. They didn't trust you. They didn't trust you that you were going to get it. So so they would make sure they were out. And I remember we had a pea coat. So pea coat is, uh, is like a winter coat that the, that the Navy guys wear. Heavy, heavy duty with the three big buttons, right? Yeah. Very, yeah. It's a very heavy duty coat. I think I still have mine actually. Um, I do. So we've got this pea coat and. We, in the back of the barracks was where we hung the peacoats. Now, remember what I told you. I was the assistant recruit chief by the officer, meaning I was number two in charge. So I had to tell my peers on many occasions what to do. Like, you got to do this, wow. you got to do that, blah, 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 because you're in charge. You're in, you're, you're in leadership. Well, of course, there are people right. who don't like that. They do not like being of told course. what to do. And um, right. so now they get like, mad at you. Right, exactly, exactly. So now they get mad at you or whatever. They get mad, they get mad at you. And, and so now our, our things are, our peacoats are up in the back, and we get inspected. We get a surprise inspection because that would happen too. They found, right, they found a commie tag. They found a commie tag in the pocket of my peacoat. So I get what? called. I get called in front of the company commander, and the company commander. Wow. Well, actually, what happened is is that the company commander calls <laughs> me out in front of the company because he said, you know, if you if you got dig uh, gigged on an inspection, you're gonna go. You're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna have to go to intensive training, IT. So in the morning, wow. you're gonna have to get up wow. before everybody else, and they were gonna go run your tail and kick your butt if you did anything wrong. So right. nobody wanted that. So I've got this IT, or, you know, got the fear of this, and, and the company knew that. So this commie tag gets, gets caught on my inspection, or in my P-code on, an, on a surprise inspection. So the company commander pulls me out in front of everybody and says, you know, A-Rock, you, got, you didn't get this out. And I'm like, I, I, I know it wasn't there. So he made me, the company commander, made me get on my hands and knees, put that tag on the ground, and... Of the perimeter of the barracks, I had to crawl on my hands and knees and say, commie tag, commie tag, leave me alone, and blow, and then blow the tag up in front of me, crawl up to it again, and say, commie tag, commie tag, leave me alone, blow again. I had to do that around the barracks twice in front of everybody. That sounds like, uh, I think that sounds like what uh, Putin does to his troops there, I think. Well... Whatever. I had to do this, okay? So I'm, I'm doing it. That's crazy and, weird, man. And I, I know. I know that th- this is wrong. I did not do this. So after I'm done, I go to the company commander's office, and I'm like, sir, you realize the other company commander checked my pockets. Before I could put my P-code up, he checked them, and there was nothing in there. This uh-huh. was planted right. because I'm the A-Rock. And he's like, get out of here. Wow, blah, blah, blah. Wow, wow. So, wow, get out of here. Well, so he's like, get out of here. But what happened is the next day, he calls it, the whole company gets up and they're, they're standing there. 
He, and he said, you guys are just hurting yourself because after the AROC had a commie tag in his pocket, I went and checked the ARPOX com, or the ARPOX pocket, and there was one in there, but I got rid of them. Yesterday or today, I went and looked, and there was four in his pocket. So Whoa. somebody's planning them, and you guys are only hurting yourselves if you do that because – this is a competition, and you're going to get the whole company gigged. So it was. It was planted. Wow. That sucker was planted by those, those folks. And wow. I wasn't even that mean of a guy. You just got to do what you got to do. It's military. So I got humiliated, yeah, but that's part of it. Yeah, to spike you out, I think. Well, yeah. But that, I got the, you, know, you get humiliated, but that's part of it. You know, that's just part of the, sure. the process sure. in, in the military. And um, I moved on. Started moved on and worked on another day, you know, and – other things happened, and, 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 you know, I, the last night, well, so you graduate. So you, you go through boot camp. It's six weeks, and there were other things that happened that, I mean, I remember uh, we were, we had our firefighting training, and our company commander, and we had a sister company. So you had a company that was doing the same training as you were, and on the same day, you had firefighting training and gas mask training on the same day. And the company commanders wanted to do the firefighting training first. I don't know why, but they all wanted to do it first. And so our company commander told us, you will be at the firefighting place first. Because whoever the company, whichever company is there first goes, goes through that first. If you're there second, there's going to be hell to pay. Well, our sister company got the same speech. You're going to be first. If they're first, you're screwed. So we have wow. to eat. We're eating lunch or breakfast, I should say. We're eating breakfast at the same time. And so we go to eat breakfast, and I'm like, I see the second the company there, and I'm like, we got to go. So I, the whole company knows that this is going on. We literally, I'm the, and I was always the last one through the, through the chow line. Because I was the when I was the last one, when, when I got done, the clock started. We only had 10 minutes to eat, but it was when I got. So wow. I always only had 10 minutes to eat. My wife always asked me, why do you eat so fast? I go, I only had 10 minutes to eat, boot camp. Um, <laughs> but, but so we just said, I didn't even eat. I said, What's gonna, we're going to go through the line. And we're gonna, I'm going to sit down and we're going to say company on, our, on your feet, company 133 on your feet. I'm not even going to eat. So. I was gonna, I was gonna ask if uh, you thought, hey, I gotta beat these guys who are already eating. Let's go ahead and get out quick. Was that your thought plan? Yeah, because they're they're also there to eat too. They're eating at about the same time, so we're gonna get out of there first. And so I, but we have ten minutes. So they think, they think this other company doesn't know we're gonna do this. They think they've got a, they're they're actually ahead of us. Because they got to the chow oh. hall before we did. But they're thinking, and, oh. and, and they're a little bit ahead of us because you had two different lines you could eat in. And so they're thinking, okay, I, we got 10 minutes. We're going to beat these guys because they got 10 minutes. Look at the ARP or the AROC. He's just getting his food. I literally sat down there and I said, company 133 on your feet. Boom. So I didn't even eat. Everybody is ready for this. Everybody jumps up and goes right to the to the get their trays and put them at the at the uh, you know the dish collector and all that. So they see cleaning this, station. Yeah, the cleaning station. This other company sees this and goes, "Oh crap!" So they're like, "Company one three four on your feet," because they know they got to beat us. Well, what happens is we somehow we got in front of them, 
And there was another company there that was graduating. So they said, company such and such, for the last time on our feet, and they're all cheering. They blocked them. So somehow they just blocked wow. them. So they couldn't get out. We're out. We're, lo- we're locked and loaded. We're headed towards the uh, firefighting training. Fire and, training. That, and the company, other sisters, they're not even out of the, they're not even out of the chow hall yet. So we go, we're wow. marching. And as we're marching, the company commander for uh-huh. their company is just walking the other way. And he sees us going and he sees his company isn't out yet. And he is pissed. And I got to salute him going Flipped by with a big yeah. smile on my face. I got to salute him. And he's just oh. like, <laughs> so you know, we get- it's funny. You, you say, it's funny you say that because it makes me wonder about the, all the company commanders who, uh, I'm sure they were trying to play a game because yes, they're, they want to be number one. Cause you got to have a flag, right? Don't you have a flag with your patrol or whatever? Yeah. The guy now is one, three, three. It had the company, company the, number on it. Yeah. So, but I'm sure they play with each other on purpose. We got to beat this company, get ready. So when I do this, we all need, you know, I just have a feeling they're, it's a joke to them, but they, they do it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's it's kind of this fun, you know. There, there, you you want to, you want to get it if you. Who's have a, the best company or whatever, right? right? It's competition, and if you have a good company, you get a better, you know, whatever review. So rating so, or something, right. yeah. So we get we get to this firefighting, and firefighting was cool. I really liked that, and then yeah, I did too. And then, but guess what happens next? The gas chamber. What? Oh, to this I hate day, that gas. To this day. <laughs> To this day, if you told me I had to go back in because of the gas chamber, I forget that. I would uh, forget it. I would never want to do that at all. I mean, that gas chamber you know, was, was just crazy bad. I did it twice. I did it in the police academy, but not in a, not in a room. We were in an uh, open-air bunker, but they threw the gas to the in, into the wall and they made us walk in this wall and breathe the gas in and then walk kind of out but it was still open air but i understand what you're saying about the uh inside a room they pull the gas whatever they do it's you know i i hate to say this tk but it it almost felt to me when i went through my portion of that almost like an auschwitz type thing you know it's well, a little I thought, weird. I thought I was going to die. It's really, truly one of yeah. the few moments in my life where I thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. And I yeah. will never do, I will, I well, never want to do that again, ever. And if I had to go well, back in. You, your, your, your nose is running and didn't, we had gas masks on and then they make you take them off, I think. At least, I think no, that's, that's what happened to me. And, you, you're right. And then you, you got to state your name and company number or something. Right. Sir, yes, sir. Whatever. Right. You go in, you go into the gas chamber with your gas mask on. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to teach you respect for that gas mask in case you're in a, a zone, uh, a war zone, where case. chemical warfare is happening, where chemical weapons are being used. People have to wear those gas masks for, for a long, long periods of time. And they get itchy and uncomfortable. So they're trying to teach you respect for the gas mask. And they bring you in there, and they, they put the gas mask on you, and then they put the, the tear gas. And it's very it's actually a light-grade tear gas, I was told, but whatever. They put this, 
They put the, this uh, tear gas in this room. And then exactly uh-huh. what you said. They say, take off your mask. And they make you stand there. And they make you breathe it in. They make you feel that. So that way you know if there's gas out there, how your body reacts. And it teaches you the respect yeah. for that gas mask. And I'm telling you, though, they made me. They, I was supposed to be the first one out. I was not the first one out because they, they saw I was holding my breath. And they threw me in the back corner and made me suck as much of that stuff in as I could. Whoa. And, wow. And, and so I just, I just look at it as gas i the gas chamber that's that so well we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here for uh for our episode number three of our podcast of uh the veterans cast and maybe we'll have some more boot camp story i got some more boot camp stories i got the last night of boot camp a couple other things that happened uh service week some other things so i'll get to those in episode four so uh we're gonna call it a day but if you are out there if you're a veteran out there and you've got a story please uh please email me uh tim at veteranscast.com and we'll bring you on. I'd love to hear your stories. This is all about getting those memories out on, on tape or recorded. And so other people can hear them because they're, they're great stories. So uh, I want to thank CBK for being here. CBK, thanks for joining us again. Hey, my pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. This is kind of fun to reminisce about the, the Navy days when we started and where this is going to take us in the future, right? <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, for CBK, I'm Tim Kuda here at VendorsCast.com. We'll uh, catch you next time.